because they work so hard. They work so hard. Um, God is uh, speaking to us in this series. Uh, we're going back to summer school, and this is going to this is our summer series, and and I think there's some stuff that we need to know. Matter of fact, it's good stuff. I think it's stuff that helps us and helps us in our lives and and helps us be who God has called us to be and do the things that that God has called us to do. And today I want to I want to take us back to summer school and I want to discuss and it's really fitting for this particular week. I want I want us to discuss this for a few minutes the benefits of serving. All right? And this is a very important statement that I'm about to make. And I want you to catch the first two words, healthy humanity. Now think about that for a second. And then say, healthy humanity is driven towards the idea of purpose, towards the idea of service, toward the idea of, of really being a part of something outside of us personally, kind of like a, like a team effort or a teamwork effort, effort. Healthy humanity is really driven toward that. When I think about us being created in the image of God and, and the Bible says that when God created man, he placed man in a garden and, and in that garden, God gave to man everything man would need in order to prosper and to have a, have a healthy life and to have relationships ultimately with him creating woman and putting them in that garden together. And it gives us a picture of the God to whom we belong and to God, the God to whom we are in His image. And I don't know how you feel about this, but I am very thankful today that I do not serve a selfish God. <laughs> huh. You know, there's a lot of people in this world that they serve selfish gods. They serve, they worship, they pay tribute to gods who have never promised to hear their prayers, have never answered their prayers, have never given any residual benefit back to them for their gifts of service. When I think about in Eastern religions, it shows up even in the Philippines as people take meals to graveyards and they may not even have enough food in their house to feed their family, but yet there is this obligation upon them to take a meal to the graveyard and lay it at the, at the grave of an ancestor and they have ancestral worship where they pay homage to and there is absolutely no... There is absolutely no promise that anything other than this act of service will ever come back to them. There's no promise of an answer. There's no, there's no promise of any need being met. Many religions in our world pray for hours a day. They pray for hours a day to, to their God. And there is absolutely no even thought within them that these gods will even answer back. Everything that they have concerning God is resting somewhere in, in another realm or perhaps in eternity or 
or Eastern religions a lot of times in the hopes that perhaps when they come back, they will come back in a better state than they presently live. And if they don't do enough, they might come back as a dog. But they're, but they're hoping that they can may pay enough homage that perhaps maybe they could come back in royalty or to have some kind of comfort in their life in the next one. Because they pay this, but there's really no guarantee of that. There's no promise for it. It's empty. The Bible speaks of those gods and says things like, they have eyes that do not see and they have ears that do not hear and they have mouths that do not speak and they have hands that do not work. A lot of people in our world today serve selfish gods. But yet the Bible demonstrates for us that the God to whom we serve and the God to whom we are created in His image is not selfish. Matter of fact, He is very selfless when He looked upon man in that garden. He provided to man everything man would need. Every heart desire, every physical desire Mental and spiritual, the Bible even says that God would walk with them in the cool of the day and begin to demonstrate this idea of a selfless relationship that this God to whom you walk with wants to give. Even when man sinned and we know about the separation from that tree of life and out of the garden they were cast, but... God still in that state did not become selfish. Even in that state, God still continued to strive to talk and to walk and to provide and to be there for man. Even when things spun so far out of control that God himself recognized that there was very little chance of redeeming this human experiment, we find that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord that even in that state, God searched out and found someone to whom he would continue to demonstrate that I will go to great lengths to provide. I will go to great lengths to help you. I will go to great lengths to give to you if, if, if you'll just... Allow me to do that. And we see this on and on and on through Scripture until finally we land in the New Testament and and this very powerful verse that is so familiar to most people that we almost glance past it, that God so loved the world that He gave. God so loved the world that He gave. That He gave. See, this this is the nature of the God to whom we serve. And, and so instinctively, I think you've got to hear this instinctively. See, this, is, this is really one plus one. Um, we need to understand this, that, that, that instinctively we know that when our lives are invested into others, we are better for it. Matter of fact, I don't dwell here today, but I, but I mention it. People who become self-absorbed do not share in the level of happiness and fulfillment that is experienced in the lives of those to whom have learned the value of giving to others, serving others, blessing others. See, we 
we understand that when people generally close themselves in and become 100% self-absorbed, that it's just all about me. We know in our hearts instinctively that there's just something not right. That something's not healthy. Matter of fact, matter of fact, I'll, I, I, you know, I, I, I've already told you, I've been at this pastor thing for a long time, right? One spot. You know what I'm saying? And I've discovered something in working with people and pastoring people and, and, and watching over the lives of people that, that uh, you know, as a pastor, I, I've, I've become very well educated in behavioral patterns of people. And it's always interesting to me to note that when people start becoming unhealthy in, in their mind or unhealthy in their emotions or unhealthy in their spirit that, 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 or, or even physically, that, that, that oftentimes the, you know, the first thing that happens when you start recognizing the pattern of, of not living healthy, they begin to pull away and they, they begin to release the areas in their life where they served others. It's the first thing. First thing that goes. I mean, it's always a red flag for a pastor when someone begins to just, just walk away from all areas of ministry. And you think, you think man, there's just... That's just not healthy. Philanthropists have discovered this. People who have a lot of money have discovered this. That you would think that, that you'd be able to buy whatever island you want to buy, have whatever boat you want to have on that island, have as much sand under your toes as you can possibly get. You would think that having all of these creature comforts in life would be enough, but yet so many of them have demonstrated that even if there are billions in the bank, there's really no happiness there. That the true happiness of having stuff is when you give it away to someone else and make someone else's life better. There's just something about it. When you make someone else's life better, your life becomes better. Why? Because this is the very nature of God that we have been created in his image. That when I give, I mean, I think about, I think about, you know, all the criticisms you want to throw at Zuckerberg and, and Facebook and all the millions he made, an instant millionaire, but yet, but yet he and his family have declared that by the time they are dead, they're going to give it all away. And they're in the process of giving it all away. And, and others have done that. And on and on and on. You make millions off of Microsoft, but I'm going to give this much away. Make millions off of Apple, but I'm giving all of this away. And they're just, they're just giving and they're giving. Why? Because they recognize that the true happiness of having that is the ability to give it away to someone else who is in need. That's a true happiness. And these, these, these folks may not even serve God. They may not even have an understanding. They may not have a Christian confession or anything going on in their life, but in their mind and in their heart and in their instinct, they recognize that this is what I need to do. You can drive around Tulsa and see certain names on buildings and hospitals and, and, and clinics and parks. I mean, it, it literally is the story of, of uh, I, John Maxwell, a great motivational speaker, Christian pastor, and, 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 and the story that he told about his own grandfather who was standing out when he was a child and, and planting trees, and, and, and he walked up and said, well, how, how long will it take these apple trees to grow till they produce fruit? And, and, and the grandfather 
described how many years, and, and he, said, he said, but you're not even going to be here. Will you live long enough to, to see the fruit of these trees that you're planting? And, and the grandfather said, no, I, I won't live long enough to see that. He said, then why are you doing it? And he said, because, because you will. Because the joy in this is not that I'm going to receive anything. This is me giving to you. This, this is me ensuring that my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren will, will have something to go back to. And even after I have passed from this earth, you will still be receiving from the residual benefit of me being willing to serve. Of me being willing to give something that is completely about you and not so much about me. I mean, I think that the supreme example for us demonstrated in the life of Jesus Christ, and he showed us this level of living during his earthly ministry. Matthew 20, verse 25, Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. And he said, There is an example among us. With the Roman rule and all this is going on, there is an example among us of selfish living that, that they lord over it, that, that they're very selfish. All they want is to make demands and, and to receive some, some personal benefit without any acknowledgement that they've placed an entire people group in bondage. They've placed an entire people group in a place of servitude with very little benefit. But then Jesus said this, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. The way to the top is the way of service. And then he said this. He's already given us this bad example of the Gentile leaders and that probably specifically talking about the Roman rule over them that had, that had just completely decimated the people. And, and, and he's already given that example. Now he's going to give the other example, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. I mean, this is, this is the most dynamic ministry statement, in my opinion, that Jesus could make, the most dynamic ministry statement. I'm talking about I'm talking about he got right down to the core of of who he is and and what he came to example and he said I didn't come to be served but to serve. Jesus knew and revealed and this is a big statement so so catch it please. Jesus knew and revealed that true blessed living is found in life service giving. True blessed living is found in life service giving. Paul reiterated this in Acts chapter 20, verse 33. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. I haven't been selfish. Matter of fact, you yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, It is more blessed 
to give than to receive. See, one plus one today in summer school is that the more blessed life is the life who serves. You can find this throughout Scripture, and it's a very strong principle. But I think it's very interesting that this quote from Paul in the 35th verse, this quote from Paul isn't found in any of the sayings of Jesus in any of the Gospels. All right? This is one of the only examples of a saying of Jesus that, 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 is, being, that is being quoted later that isn't found in, in, in the Gospels. But yet we know that Paul was writing to a first generation audience. He was writing to an audience that was there with Jesus. And there was no dispute of this quote And the real reason why there's no dispute of this quote is because the entire life of Jesus embodies this statement, it is more blessed to give than to receive. The whole life of Jesus was this idea that if you're really going to be it, if you're really going to live the blessed life, if you're really going to do something to truly make you happy, then you have to learn to give. See, when we live our lives with a serving heart, I often say that there are three primary areas of resources that God has given us that that when we live our life with a serving heart and we recognize that this this resource of time that, that God has given all of us a certain amount of time, we all get the same amount of hours in the day. Now, I have met a person or two that I kind of hate that seem to get more hours. I don't know what they... That was a great mantra at our Destiny conference this year. And one of the pastors got up and just started telling everyone in the audience who he hated because they seemed to get 35 hours in a week because of all of the things they can, they can accomplish. But the reality is that we all, we all get 24 hours, right? We all get 60 minutes. Are your hours 60 minutes like mine? Okay, just making sure. And if we learn with the servant's heart to take a certain amount of that 24-hour day, if we can take a certain amount of that seven-day week, you know, we all have a seven-day week. If we can take a certain amount of that and we can learn to take some of that time and sow it back into the lives of others, our time is more blessed. The other area that... Another area, rather, that, that, that we are resources with our talent. You know, even the Bible says that the gifts that you have been given are given to you so that you could serve others. Specifically says it. that what, Use whatever you give, whatever gift you have, use that gift to serve others. And when we learn to take of, of, of those talents, of those gifts in our life, and not just hoard them up in our own life, like lord over those gifts in our own life, but if we can learn with a servant's heart to take of that talent and to find a way to then sow some of that talent back into the lives of others. Our talent is more blessed. Clearly, the 
third area is our treasure, that God has, that God has given us a certain amount of provision in our life. And, and, and if we would learn to take from that treasure and, and not just consume all of that money, not just consume all those possessions into our own life, but if somehow or other we can learn to take a portion of that and, and sow that back into the lives of other people, our treasure is more blessed. This is one of the main reasons why I believe so strongly in the local church. I am thoroughly and absolutely convinced, although I have, I have had a lot of pain with people in the church, although I have had friends that have, that have fallen by the wayside and they blame the local church, I am still 110% convinced in the local church. And I am convinced that when we, when we sow in the local church, that's the safest place to sow. Why? Because you walk in and you can see where your time, where your talent, and where your treasure is being resourced. You can see it. You can look around and see that ministry is happening, and, there's, and you, that, that's another whole level of blessing that takes place in your life. I mean, years ago, uh, Raylene and I, uh, we were traveling evangelists, and um, we sort of based out of more than one church, and, and, um, and so we were just traveling around preaching from church to church to church to church, and somewhere along the line, uh, because we were in a denomination, they required us, um, they, they, there was a requirement, if, you, if you're licensed in that organization, that 5% of your ministry tithe, 5% of your income basically would, would You'd send a check to headquarters for that, and that helped facilitate ministry in the denomination, stuff like youth camps and, 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 and services and camp meetings and stuff like that. And so because we weren't specifically tied to a local church, we then kind of looked around and thought, well, you know, what do we want to do with the other 5% and then beyond that? And, and we sowed into more than one ministry, but primarily it just caught our heart during those years to, to just send a check every month to my brother, my brother's church. He was starting a church in, in, in South Texas, and, and um, they're still there, matter of fact. And um, they were trying to, to get in a building. They had several years been like in just a little hall that's a little, a little place there in that town, a little German town in, in, in South Central Texas. And had a little little Schulenberg Hall or something that they had church in. But they would have to go in and set up. And they, were trying, they, they had started building, and, but they didn't have a lot of money. They only had about 15 people. So it was a, it was a long, drawn-out sort of process. So whatever is really, and I, we just were praying, and we thought, man, that'd be a great place to resource. And so we would every month write a, write a check. Whatever we put our finances, say, well, this is the, what's going to the denomination. This is what's going to, to Vernon and Glenda. And every month we'd write a check, and we'd send a check. And um, I don't have the opportunity to go there very often, but especially now that my, our parents have passed. Well, I, uh, before that, you know, my mom and dad lived there, so we had the opportunity to, to go see them. And my dad passed last year. We had opportunity. We, they, so we ate a meal at the church, and same church, same building.
It's amazing to walk in that building and realize that, you know, because of our, our giving to that church years ago, there's tile on this floor. Where they, one time they walked us through there and said, you guys paid for this tile, and you guys put in these ceiling tiles, and you guys hung these doors, and you guys finished paying for the air conditioning. And because we were so faithful every month to send them money, and that money, they were using that money to... to facilitate ministry in a church that to this day, after all these years, I mean, that was goodness. That was 20-some years ago that we did that. And after all these years, they still, they still, they're still kids get ministered to in Sunday school classrooms that we hung the lights and we paid for the lights and we paid for the tile and we paid for the paint. And, and we didn't know. We didn't even put any limit. We didn't tell them they had to spend that money on the church. We told them, buy groceries. We're sending this offering to you. Whatever you need. And there were some months that they had to buy groceries with what we sent them. They didn't have no money. And there's a, there's a, there, there is an ongoing benefit and blessing in our life because we were willing to give. That's what I love about the local church because I can go to that local church and I can see that and I can do the same thing here. <laughs> I can do the same thing here. I walk around this place and say, man, I remember when times were tight and we lost our drummer and we didn't have drums. And I can remember the day that I went to Guitar Center and bought that drum set out of my own pocket. And that keyboard. Boy, it got quiet in the room. But there's a benefit to that. And some of the time that I've sown in here, if you don't like the color on the walls, blame Raylene for picking the color and for me for painting it. <laughs> now you can start blaming other people too because Pastor, although he doesn't know how to clean a paintbrush. <laughs> Ron Mulkey, I almost sent one to you, but then I just buried it. I just like, oh, go home to you and just go ahead and bury it. It's dead. It's gone. I don't even think a professional painter can clean that paintbrush after he got through with it. But you know what I'm saying? You can look around and see the blessing. Boy. Jesus said it like this in Luke 6, 38. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Jesus is saying, come on, if you'll get in the game here, if you'll just understand that the, that, that the blessed life is the giving life, then God himself will start pouring things into your lap. God himself will start pouring things into your lap. And you'll feel that blessing. Matter of fact, I love this quote from Oral Roberts. It's a profound statement that he made. A rejected opportunity to give is a lost opportunity to receive. I ain't going to do that. Did the heavens just close from the blessing that you could have received in your life? See, I mean, this is the thing that we got to understand. This is a human, uh, this is a human in the image of God principle. Are you following with me? I'm talking about there are people that have absolutely no confession of God in their life that are blessed because somehow or another they tap into that. That my life is blessed when I give. See, I mean, our message today isn't about finances. 
all right? Our message is about the principle of serving, that we, we have resources in our life to serve with time. We have resources to serve with talent. We have resources to serve with treasure. And when we serve out of these areas to bless others, we receive a blessing from God because that's the way his principle works. St. Corinthians 9, 6, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. There's this idea that, that when we take a portion of each area of our life and we use that as seed to sow into the fields of other people, that there's a harvest that comes from that for us. Ultimately, when you truly understand what God's principle says, I don't give to receive. I don't even think about the receiving. That's automatic. I give to serve. And I leave the harvest up to God. See, I think there's some people that get turned off by a sermon like this because they think, well, you know, you're a preacher and I've heard all that, you know, and there's a whole prosperity doctrine out there that is way out of balance because it says stuff like this. If you give $777.77 in the next 77 minutes, you will get 77 Rolls Royces. Well, the reality of that is, is he's the Lord of the harvest. I'm not the Lord of the harvest. I can't determine what the harvest is. I can only say that I know that the true blessed life is the giving life. And, and one plus one is pretty simple today. And it boils down to this one statement that I said a while ago. One plus one equal true blessed living is found in life service giving. When we serve, our lives are better. Matter of fact, I tell people that, that talk to me and they feel like they're depressed. I say, well, you know what? You need to find some place where you can just give. Just, just find a place where you can just give. Now think about our parking lot team, First, the first, the first group of people that meet and greet people when they come in. You don't know what the life circumstances of somebody. You don't know what they're coming in here with. They may be carrying some very heavy baggage, and just that smile in the parking lot, or that open the door in the foyer, and that smile there, that handshake, or, or how are you doing, or, or maybe the way we check kids in. At, if they, usually if they've got kids, they stop there first, or they might stop at information center, and it might be that person in the information center, or they may go on down to the coffee shop, and it may, it may, be, it may be that person in the cafe connection that, that makes a connection with them, that, that they feel like, man, my, my day is better, or, or it might, they might bypass all of that and come straight to the auditorium. It might be that person standing in the back handing them a bullet in an envelope, a connection card. It might be that person that, that greets them with a smile that makes the difference in their life. And I tell people, they say, you know, one of the worst things you can do if you're down is to withdraw yourself. One of the best things you can do when you're down is to come out and serve. Find somebody and serve them. It just pours life back into you when you give life. 
what I love about our ministry vision here at Triumph, to love God, to connect with others, to serve with excellence. We are thoroughly convinced that when you serve, your life is better. And I believe it with all my heart. As you stand with me, I'm going to make an announcement at the end of my sermon. This coming Saturday at 10 o'clock. Everybody say 10 o'clock. We are going to converge at Mounds Public Schools. Our serve day. We have chosen that our serve day is our, for our, this coming Saturday is going to be at Mounds Public Schools. Pastor Trent has been has been in contact with the maintenance directors and the people that are over that. And I told Pastor Trent, I said, you know what? I'd really like, I would really love to serve the teachers, not just the students. Like, I mean, we can go in there and paint classrooms, paint hallways, or do stuff, or grass, or whatever. There's all kind of things that we need to do, and they're compiling more than one project. But I told Pastor Trent, I said, you know, I'd really like to do something for the teachers, and maybe we could, maybe we could, Maybe we could clean and update the teacher's lounge and give them a, a, a nicer place. I tell you why this is important to me. It's important to me because shame on us that we, we fall number 50 on, on teacher salary in the state of Oklahoma. We are, the la- we are in last place. We are the lowest paid teachers in the entire country. All right? And so I said, I'd really like for our church to just bless the teachers. Go in there and bless the teachers. So he called in. As a matter of fact, he talked about the teachers. He and I talked about the teachers. And I guess you probably mentioned that. And the man, the, the maintenance director said, you know what? It's, it's funny you say that. We moved the teacher's lounge. We've moved it. And we have yet to paint it. We have, we have, we're behind on all that. We haven't, we haven't done anything in there. We've just moved it to another room, but we haven't prepared the room for the teachers. And the teachers are coming back in a month. And Trent said, we'll take that project. We'll take that project. And he said, well, man, that's, that's be awesome. And then there's other projects. Trenton, Pastor Trent and Hannah are going to go down to Mount this week, and they're going to walk through and see what else we could do. But you know what? If you've never done something like this, it's a great day for you to put my I Love My Church shirt on, and we're going to go down to Mounds Public Schools. We're going to walk into that place, and we're going to make a difference for some people that are, that are doing something really awesome for a bunch of kids. All right? We're going to love on them. That's this coming Saturday. We're just going to serve. We're going to serve. Our church doesn't get anything out of this. This is 100%. We're just going to go down there and do whatever they ask us to do. Because we believe in serving. We believe in serving. And this is our serve day. And we're joining with, there's about probably 800 churches that are doing this together. Are part of the Grow Network. There's probably 800 churches. And part of ARC, the, another group that's connected with the Grow Network. There's probably 800 churches that are doing this. And we're going to participate in this because we believe in serving. We're going to go serve teachers. So that's the project. We don't know what all we're doing yet. We do know we're doing the teacher's lounge. We don't know all, We don't know everything we're doing, so we need all the help. We probably need tools. If you have tools, paintbrushes, or rollers, anything like that, I don't I probably bring your guard, gardening tools. The so last time I was there, there was at least one something by the door that needed to be taken care of. So we're just, we're just going in this love on them, okay? 
we just love on them. This Saturday, 10 o'clock, Mounds Public. Amen. If you don't know where that is, not really hard to find in Mounds. Yeah, northeast corner town. But if you need help with directions, we can. It's exactly four miles from this church on the dot. And you can go that way or you can go that way, but it all leads to the same place. Saturday, 10 o'clock. Let me pray for us. Father, I pray with all of my heart, everything I've got. I pray that you would give us as a church a servant's heart. I pray with all of my heart right now that you would give us an understanding of the blessed life is the giving life. I pray that you would help us understand that our time and our talent and our treasure have been given to us to benefit others and especially to benefit people through the church. I'm just asking you right now that you would bless every one of us in our lives that you would touch us and help us and minister to us. I thank you, Lord, for your promises. I thank you that you're not a selfish God, but you are selfless and you you gave and you've given and you continue to give. I thank you, Lord, for what I know you're doing. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen. We end every service with the last song and with, um, with worship through giving.